We may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I greet the saints in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus. Hallelujah. It is an honor to be sharing the word of God with the church of God this morning. I am honored and I'm humbled. Thank you, leadership, for allowing me this opportunity to come and stand, you know, in this altar, in this sanctuary, and share the word of God. And thank you for being here to listen to the word of God together with me. Amen. Today, um, our topic is, you too can be used by God. Somebody says, I too can be used by God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, there is a picture that I asked Blessing to put up for me. <coughs> I don't know if we have it. Hallelujah. You know, imagine you go to a church or anywhere and you find that the only parking that is left is this one. It says, this is the preacher parking. You park, you preach. And you know, when I look at this, I see that that's how many of us view being used by God. We feel it is for specific people. God cannot use me. This is a special parking. If I find myself here, I'm going to have to do it, and I can't. Like, how many of us will park in this slot? Let's say you come to church, it's the only parking space available. How many of us will park? Hallelujah. All right, let's go to our first scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 to 11. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshipping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit... All right. And to someone else, the one Spirit. The same Spirit gives great faith to another... All right, I think I've missed, okay. The same spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. Verse 10, he gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. 
He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And then we go to 1 Corinthians again, still in chapter 12. We're going to read verse 20 to 25. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Alright, and then we're going to read also First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 to 11. Um, You'll just bear with me. Uh, we're going to read uh, quite a few scriptures. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Where we have read, the Bible teaches us that each one of us have been given different kinds of gifts. The same spirit, but different kinds. And then it says that in a body, a body has got different parts. We all know that, right? I mean, imagine if a person was born and that person was just a leg. We were all going to be shocked, right? Because what can a leg do? A leg can only walk, but a leg can see, a leg can touch, a leg can speak, a leg can think. So as the body of Christ, we have different parts. But the Bible says each and every part is important. You know, sometimes one can think to themselves, but I am not a preacher then it means I am not important. But I'm not at the stage, then it means I am not important. The Bible here talks about some parts of the body that seem weakest and less important, which are actually the most necessary. I was thinking, you know, just think when you've got your hand. You know, the hand, you know, you do a lot of things with the hand. You touch, you cook, you wash yourself, you know, you some of us, we talk, you know, with our hands, like that they said, he talks with his hands. We do a lot of things with our hands. Imagine if your nails come out. Can you be able to use the hand? You will use it with difficulty. Can the hand now come and say, uh-uh, I don't need the nails? Or can the nail say, uh, can the nail say I am not important? As much as we usually don't give much regard to the nail, but the nail is an important part of the hand. You look at your eyebrows. You know, God has given us eyebrows, different types, different shapes. Some are bushy, some are, some, you know, we're able to shape them. But 
eyebrows have got an important function. If you don't have eyebrows, sweat will easily go into your eyes in case you didn't know the function of the eyebrow. Hallelujah. And you also have your eyelashes. They have a, 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 like, they are important. Sometimes you don't even think about your eyelashes. But if you don't have your eyelashes, when, when, when uh, wind comes or when sand comes or when things come, they easily go into your eye. The eyelashes, we've got the optometrist, maybe she'll correct me if I don't say the right thing. But the eyelashes, they trap dirt and they trap things from coming into your eye. Imagine as an eyelash, you're like, I am not important. What is the use? Let me get out of the body. Hallelujah. Here is a verse that I love so much. When we read in James chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Elijah was as human as we are. Underline this. Elijah was as human as we are. Yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain will fall, none fell for three and a half years. Here the Bible was talking about the prayer of a righteous man. But this is what I love about this. The Bible teaches us that Elijah was a human being like you and me. He was not an angel. He was not a half man or half God. He was a human being, yet he was able to pray that it should not rain for three and a half years, and it did not rain. And he was also able to pray that it should rain, and it rained. Hallelujah. What does that teach us? is that God does not use specific or special people. There are no people who, you know, we can say these are the angels, these are the ones that God can use. God can use you too. God has given you a gift. Each one of us have been given a gift. But the question is, do you know your gift? And the question is, do you think your gift is important? Hallelujah. You know, if they can say, let us come here, maybe come, someone come and give a word of encouragement. If you feel like your words are not important, you will not be able or you won't have the confidence to come to the stage and speak. So it is the same with us. When you feel your gift is less important, you are going to hide it. One day I was thinking about the story of these uh, three people that the Bible says a man was going away. He called these three servants. He gave one ten uh, talents, the other one five and the other one won. The one with one talent for sure thought, ah, one, what am I going to do with one? He hid it. Probably he felt like, ah, why, this is insignificant. It cannot, you know, do anything. It cannot amount to anything. But should he have taken that talent like the others did, he would have gotten more out of the one talent. What am I trying to say? Whatever that God has given you, it is of important value. Just like with the body, we cannot all be the brain. Just like with the body, we cannot all be the heart. But the heart cannot function on its own. The brain cannot walk. You know, you can't have the brain coming, standing here, walking, talking, and doing all these things. The whole body needs all parts for it to be able to function. Every gift is important. Every gift is important. And what may look insignificant is also very important, children of God. Serving the Lord is not about coming to the stage. Because, you know, one thing that I have realized is that most of us, I mean, we are humans, right? As much as we are children of God, when I say we are humans, I'm not saying we're living in the human nature. 
we are human beings. We usually value something or someone by how much attention they are given. Some of us, we feel like, you know, when I am put there on a pedestal and people see me, then I am deemed as important. This is what God has taught me. That a person who is powerful does not have to be a person who comes on the stage and they command, you know, or they speak on the microphone. You can be powerful in your own corner. Power is not determined by how much people see you or by how much, you know, value you are given by people. I can be standing here on the stage, but the enemy, when he sees me, he's not even afraid. He's like, ah, that one is my friend. But power is when you understand and you know who you are in Christ. When you understand who Christ is to you. When you have a relationship with God and you value your relationship with God. Child of God, do not allow yourself to be measured by how much people appreciate you. Because sometimes when we seek after appreciation, that can mislead us. Hallelujah. When we are running after appreciation, I'm not saying let us not be appreciated. You know, sometimes we want to be appreciated by people to a point that even when you are doing something wrong, but because people are saying, wow, you are a powerful woman of God. Wow, you are a great preacher, but God is not pleased with you. And then that becomes our, our yardstick. You feel like because people appreciate me, therefore it means I am doing right. But let our relationship with God be what determines who we are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a song that says, bright in the corner or shine bright in the corner where you are. Wherever God has placed you, you know, work to the best of your ability or work according to what the Spirit has given you. I once read, heard of a story of this old woman in a church. There was this church, they say, you know, the church was so powerful. You know, the church, you know, God was moving in the church. He was working in the church. When you go into the church, you will feel, experience the presence of God. Everything was flowing. Even the pastor knew he wouldn't even struggle when he goes on the stage. And then there was an old woman, not recognized. She was there coming to church. And then it happened that she passed away. And then after a few weeks, the pastor started to see the difference that uh -uh, things are no longer the same. The church is no longer moving in power as it used to. Things are no longer flowing like they used to. You know, everything is a struggle. And then he went to God and, and prayed, God, what is happening? Are we being attacked by the enemy? What is going on? And God said to him, you remember that old woman who used to sit in that corner? That woman was the intercessor of the church. She is the one who was holding up the church. Nobody knew about it, right? She had never been put to the stage to say, church, let us appreciate our intercessor. Yet she continued in her work or she continued in her calling with faithfulness. What am I trying to say? Do not wait to be appreciated for you to do what God has called you to do. Do not work for appreciation. I have seen, you know, a lot of people being heard at church saying that I do so much for the church. I come in the morning, I clean, but nobody appreciates me. I'm not saying let us not be appreciated, but do not wait for appreciation or do not work because I am being appreciated. I do so much for the church, but nobody has ever said let us appreciate her or let us appreciate him. What we know 
is that one day we are going to get our reward in heaven. And I want to ask this morning that the gift that God has given you, that insignificant gift, it's not insignificant, but you think it's insignificant. What are you doing with it? Are you like that woman, that man who was given one talent, who went and hid it under the ground and said, ah, ah this is insignificant. It's not going to help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to share a little bit about the people who were called by God in the Bible. When we read the story of Moses in Exodus, Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 to 13. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, O oh Lord, I am not very good with words. I have never been and I'm not even now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you. Speak, and I will, oh, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send someone else. How many Moses do you have in the church? God, I cannot do it. This one, Lord, is for Moses. Nah, I can't. You know, God, I'm too shy. You know, God, I can't talk well. You know, God, I am not beautiful enough. You know, God, I've got this and this. But God says, I have sent you. Do you know that when Moses, God called him, he was eight years old, right? Uh, the Bible scholars, please uh, help me out. <laughs> but when he was called, he was quite an old man. So age is not a reason to say, God, I'm too old. God, I'm too young. Hallelujah. When we read the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 6, verse 12 to 16, and then it says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Here we find Gideon, a man who was from the, from the weakest clan in the whole tribe of Manasseh. I'm sure most of us, we didn't even know that there was a tribe of Manasseh. We know about Judah. You know, we know about the Levites. And then he says, even though I'm from the weakest land, I'm also the least in my family. Like, nobody takes me serious. How can you want to use me, God? I am not worth it. Like, I don't have value, God. When we read in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 9, the Lord gave me this message. Before Oh, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. 
Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Jeremiah was saying, God, now nah, I'm too young. The other one was saying, I can't talk, I stutter. The other one says, Ah, I'm from the weakest like, family. Nobody takes me serious. This one is saying, God, I'm too young. What I'm trying to say by reading these scriptures is to show you that God can or he uses everyone. He does not look at your social standing. He does not look at what people think or say about you. But when God has called you, he has called you. When God has given you a gift, it is because he trusts you. You know, when, when, when uh, Prophet Samuel went to anoint David, the Bible says he went to his father, Jesse, would bring me all your sons. God wants to anoint a king. Nobody thought of David. Everybody else was called, right? David was left in the field. And then when they brought the first, the first son, God said, no, not this one. Everybody else was brought, and God said, not this one. And then he asked, isn't there someone? And then that's when they remembered, oh, there is David. He's there taking care of the sheep. And that is the person that God wanted to use. Do not look down on yourself and think that you are not worth it. Do not look down on yourself and think that God cannot use you. When we read the story of Mary, the virgin, the mother of Jesus. Um, all right. You know, we know Mary. Let me just read, quickly read. Uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 26. All right, I'm not going to read everything. Let me read from verse 30. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and, get, and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the Lord, asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Hallelujah. Mary was not from, how can I put it, a family that was of very high standing. Somebody could have thought that maybe, you know, Jesus was going to be born out of royalty in a sense that the virgin that was going to be selected was going to be maybe a, a, a daughter of a king or maybe a daughter of a nobleman. But God went and selected a lowly virgin and he said, you are going to carry my son. You are going to be the mother of Jesus. There are so many examples of people who were called and who were used by God. There is also Paul. We know that Paul was a murderer. Actually, let me put it like this. Paul, when he was still Saul, he was against the church. He killed a lot of people, or a lot of Christians, actually. But that is the person that God used. One will say, but God, I have a bad history. Before I came to Christ, I used to kill, I used to steal. 
you know, before I came to Christ, I was this and this. We also read of Rahab, the prostitute. God used the prostitute when, he, um, when they were going to destroy the town of Jericho. Um, spies were sent, and then they went into Rahab's house, and she hid them. And when the people of Jericho heard that there were spies that were sent from uh, the people of Israel, they came looking for them, but she hid them. And she also found favor with God because she served the Lord. I just want to say or talk about how do you respond to being used by God? Now that we know that all of us have got a gift, now that we all know that all of us, our gifts are important, how do we respond? You know, a gift, it's like those people who were given talents in their hands. How do we respond to being used by God? The first thing is you have to say yes to the call. You have to say yes. Luke chapter 1 verse 13. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it happen to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. Until you say yes to the gift of God, or until you say yes to the call of God, there is nothing that can happen. As long as you have that talent in your hand, you will be like that man who went and buried it. Nothing happened to the talent. You have to say yes. Lord, you have called me to be an intercessor. I say yes to your will. God, my gift, as the Bible says, that there are those who have been given the gifts, you know, of encouragement. Yes, Lord, I say yes to your will. Use me. Your gift is to pray for others, or your call is to pray for others. You say yes, Lord, to your will. Your gift is to serve. Yes, Lord, to your will. You have to respond to the call of God, and the response has to be, yes, Lord. God cannot use you if you do not respond positively to the call and to the gift. There was a time when Pastor Frank was here. Wow, today we're talking a lot about Pastor Frank. Hallelujah. I guess we miss him. <laughs> uh, there was a message, a series that was being taught, doing it afraid. You say yes to the Lord. You say, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Lord, I don't feel confident, but I am saying yes to your will. God, use me. Use your servant as you see fit. Do unto me, Lord, as you see fit. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. There was a time when I was um, still working and living in, in Pumalanga in Nelspreet. One day, you know, I had this edge. I was staying in a flat, in a block of flats, that I need to go into each and every flat and pray for people. The first day after work, took my Bible, I went out of the door, I stood by the door, I said, God, I cannot do it. I went back to my flat, but I didn't have peace. The following day, I said, God, please help me. I went, I think it took me two days. I went, knocked door by door. Others agreed, others did not agree. I think when I, the second day, I went to the top floor. I went, and then there's this lady that I prayed for, you know, some of them, are, I'll ask, do you have a prayer request or can I just pray, you know, pray as the spirit leads. Two months later, somebody knocked at my door. She said, um, hi, Philippine, I've been sent by so-and-so who stays in this other flat number, so-and-so. She said, I must tell you that thank you for the prayer that you made. Because the following day after you prayed for her, 
she got an accident at the same spot where her colleague a week or two late before had an accident and died. And she was in hospital for two months. She just got discharged. I went to see that woman. She said, thank you so much. She said, I remember the words that you said when you were praying for me, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I asked myself, if I had really given in to the fear, what would have happened to that woman? Most probably she would have died. But I responded to the it was not easy. I'm not going to lie. It was not easy. The second one is be obedient. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23, it teaches us that it's not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, who shall enter the kingdom of heaven. When you have responded to the call of God, be obedient. We do not do things our own way. We don't do things as we see fit. But we do things according to the word and the instruction of the Lord. And you know, sometimes when, when we are being used by God, as I said that, you know what, when you are being praised by people, we end up relying on people's praises and we forget that what is it that God says about us. You know, to a point that we no longer listen to God, but we do things so that we can please people. Jesus said, it's not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, who shall enter the kingdom of heaven. He said, some will say, God, we preached in your name. We casted out demons in your name. We prayed for the sick and they were healed. But God said, I do not know you. So be careful that as you are serving God, do not do it for fame, but do it to the will of God. Hallelujah. First um, Corinthians 9 verse 27, the apostle Paul says, I discipline my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. It is not just enough to say yes, and then we start doing things our own way. We have to do according to the word of God. Hallelujah. Ooh, all right. The third one, you need to serve with humility and love. John chapter 3, verse 30 says, He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. This is the Lord's work. It is not ours. All glory belongs to God. This is not our work, but it is the Lord's work. Therefore, we need to serve God with humility and with love. When God is using you, do not look down on another person and you think you are better than them. They say meme. Okay, I love memes. That, that says, you know, ushers. Forgive me, ushers. It says ushers, they act like they are the legitimate children of God. And some of us, we are the stepchildren. What I'm saying is, let us treat each other with love. Let us treat each other with respect. Hallelujah. Do not think that because when you have got this gift or that gift and you think you are better. The last one. Remember, it is not the competition. Everyone has their own assignment. Uh, Paul here was talking about him being compared to uh, where is that one? Apollos. But then he says, I'm not going to read all of it. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grows. We are all members of one body. We are not in a competition. We are not here to see who preaches better than the other. 
We are not here to see who sings better than the other, who prays better than the other, who can pray longer than so and so, you know, who can serve better. It is not a competition. Each one of us have got an assignment. Be careful that while you serve God, you do not miss your assignment. Be careful that while you serve God, you do not miss your relationship with God. Hallelujah. As the worship team comes to the front, we read about the story of Moses and Hur, Aaron and Hur, when they were supporting Moses. Moses, were, um, the Israelites were fighting. I don't remember whether it was the Amalekites or this other nation. Joshua was fighting. And then Moses was sitting on the hill, and the Bible says he lifted up his hands. Whenever his hands went up, the battle was won. But when his hands went down, the, the Israelites started to lose. And then, but his arms got tired because the battle took long. But then Moses and Hur, they came and supported the arms of Moses. What I want to say is that we are here to work together. We do not function independent of each other. If God has called you to be an intercessor, your intercession, it benefits the church. If your, 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 your gift, you know, you are good in decorating, you are doing it for the glory of God and for the benefit of the church. If your gift is to sing, you are doing it for the church, not for yourself. If your gift is to care for people, you know, as I said, that there is no gift that is better than the other. Maybe you have got, you know, this passion of caring for others. You have got this passion that, you know, if you see a sister, a sister or a brother who has not been at church and it worries you, that is your call. Pursue it. Take care of, of you know, of the children of God. If you, you, you feel like, you know what, I don't feel comfortable when I eat and there are people out there who are not eating. And you feel like God has called you, you know, maybe to go to the street corners and to give food to, to the homeless or to the poor. Or sometimes God will say, buy groceries and give so and so. That is what God has trusted you with. Do not look down on that. That is your gift. Use your gift to the glory of God. If your, your gift or your call is to be a comforter, comfort others and use it to the glory of God. Hallelujah. As we stand up on our feet. Hallelujah. May God use us for his glory. May we be available for the Lord. And may we value whatever gift that God has trusted us with. Hallelujah. May we not seek people's approval or may we not seek, you know, uh, people coming to praise us for us to feel like we are living for God or for us to feel like we are doing right for God. Even if nobody appreciates you, God appreciates you. The Bible says do not grow weary of doing right because at the end of the day or at the end, God is going, you are going to reap a reward. God is going to bless you. Shine bright at the corner where you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.